What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, I am Jeff. This is Let It Grow Investing. And uh, yeah, it's uh, actually Christmas Eve. I'm getting uh, a quick episode in before we head out to uh, some more festivities. So um, yeah, just wanted to do a quick update, quick end of year uh, kind of recap. Try to uh, see what we thought about this year, see what we were thinking for 2024. I know there's been uh, a bunch of di different people coming out and having, uh, you know, price targets on the S&P, got some different things going for the NASDAQ as well, some trends that could continue there. Uh, so definitely wanted to cover some of that. Uh, a little bit about what the crypto space is doing. Some of the things that we bought this year that are working well, some that I think we probably just got to cut our losses on, uh, kind of do a recap of what uh, the market's been doing here recently and uh, some different trends that normally take place this time of year. So uh, again, thanks for being here. Uh, I'll probably keep this one a little shorter. The The news is uh, kind of quiet, right? There's definitely some things going on, but uh, generally speaking, um, you know, the market's going to run up into Christmas, uh, the holidays, and then maybe have this kind of lull or sell off. A lot of different people are going to be taking some of those profits that we have uh, kind of clawed back to over the course of 2023. It's definitely been a rocky roller coaster. We've definitely seen the NASDAQ names, uh, the tech heavy, uh, you know, NASDAQ really roar higher this year, but that was also after uh, major declines in 2022. That was definitely the backdrop for how our investing challenge really shaped up for 22 and then really where we've gone since then. So if you guys remember, if you've been here for a while, we, uh, well, one, we've been doing the investing challenge for 2022 and 2023. I'm putting $200 every week into a stock of the, uh, the group's choosing. Uh, there are polls on Spotify or on the, the multiple Facebook groups that we have for the, uh, for the podcast. Uh, so I've definitely been trying to watch that uh, over the course of the year, uh, really try to climb out of some of the negative numbers that we had started with in 2022. Uh, year ending, I think we were down about 15%. That number had turned positive, went back negative. And uh, yeah, I, I know we're up right now. Let me take a look at our uh, Webull portfolio. If you do need help getting started, I do have some links for uh, some great offers from uh, Webull. Uh, I'm going to imagine that E-Trade is going to be doing some kind of uh, new year offer as well. Uh, same with Crypto.com and Binance. So if you guys are looking to get started, uh, start a trading account, an IRA, uh, um, you know, whatever you're trying to do, uh, they've got some pretty good uh, offers out there for getting going. So uh, we've got that. We've got uh, the Webull portfolio. We are going to be up about 7%. And that's not the end of the year at this point. But we are up uh, right over 7% in the Webull portfolio. We've definitely seen a lot of these stocks come back, right? You know, week one, 2022, we had bought NVIDIA, right? And that was at uh, $303. And I mean, this dropped down to what, 105, 106, something like that. We lost a lot of money on that uh, original NVIDIA purchase. Thankfully, we stayed in it, right? We didn't just run for the hills. We weren't just, you know, down 60%. We're going to cut our losses and move on out of it. I still have faith in NVIDIA. Uh, apparently, Nancy Pelosi does as well. She had to uh, declare that she had some options purchased uh, for NVIDIA. And uh, hopefully that one keeps continuing to go higher. So um, point of the matter here is that uh, that one definitely looked rough there for quite some time, right? And uh, 
you know, our cost basis on it is 302. I don't think we've even bought it since we uh, originally purchased it back in week one, but uh, that is now up uh, 61% since then. So we went down 60% and now we are up 60%. So you can definitely look at that timing and kind of get a gauge as to, you know, just how bad you might feel about any particular name that you purchase. You know, if we would have uh, simply purchased this in uh, November of last year rather than January, we would have been, uh, you know, well up on this one. It would have been a, uh, you know, multiple 100% gain simply by buying NVIDIA at a slightly later time, right? I was doing that in my own brokerage account. I couldn't get the, the group to actually agree with me and think that NVIDIA was going to turn itself around. It looked like everything that NVIDIA was in was slowing. The amount of chips, there was a chip glut. There was, uh, you know, the, the crypto space was slowing down. Bitcoin hit a low. The mining was slowing. Uh, a lot of different consumer backdrop worries were there. And no one wanted to buy this when it was at its low. I, I mean, I went ahead and did that in my own account, like I said. But to, as a group, we could not get this one back into the investing challenge to go ahead and purchase again. So... Uh, I'm happy with the 61% return. Uh, like I said, it's simply a, a case where we didn't buy it at a great time, but uh, you know, you you zoom out a little bit and we're up 60% in the course of uh, 24 months at this point. So uh, yes, it's been a while, but uh, it's still a 61% return in that amount of time. Uh, I think I started this year buying QQQ. I think that is what happened. Uh, I don't know that we even put it out to a vote. Uh, no, week one, we bought uh, the S&P 500 Vanguard Index, which is VOO. And then in week two, we bought QQQ. So um, yeah, QQQ has actually returned really nice for us. We've uh, we bought this, what, um, I'm guessing, I don't have the amount. I've got the actual dollar amount, which is $769. I'm guessing we've bought this, uh, we're up 170. So yeah, we bought it three times. We've got uh, you know about a 30% gain there on QQQ, which I'm definitely happy with. We're getting that broad market return simply by buying into a lot of these NASDAQ names when the thing, you know, when when it really dropped. And I was really, you know, kind of pushing these at the start of the year as well. You know, that's when I was looking very heavily at the Magnificent Seven. I was looking at all the Fang stocks, the the Alphabet, Amazon, uh, Netflix, Google. I was definitely looking at all of those at that time because I simply thought that they were sold off too much. And uh, that that kind of really resonated with how this year went was uh, those were the stocks that led the way higher. I didn't really think that uh, you know Facebook at a low teens uh, PE multiple made sense. Uh, I don't think that uh, Google being down that low made sense, right? They were some of the cheapest stocks, even though their numbers were really you know supposed to be better. And uh, for those reasons, I was really looking at those as a, a good entry point. Uh, I really didn't think that the uh, those stocks, they were going to keep them down for long. And it uh, that actually proved to be right. There's definitely a couple that we looked at uh, where I really thought they were going to, you know, kind of turn around. And, uh, you know, they didn't. Um, which ones uh, are we looking at there? Let's see what, uh, what we bought early this year that really, uh, week three, here we go. Here's a good example, week three. We bought MPW, right? We were looking at that one probably in the low eh, ten to twelve, thirteen dollar range. I'm not even sure, but uh, you know, it dropped down to four. They had to cut that dividend in half. There's there's mistakes that we've made along the way 
But uh, I think overall, you know, we did VOO, QQQ, MPW, Microsoft. Uh, I'm not even sure what we bought in week five. I didn't circle the uh, the winner. Number six, we went to uh, Spy G, which is the growth fund, which basically uh, is the NASDAQ equivalent of the, uh, the S&P 500. Bought some Verizon, bought some more Google. Uh, we got into Deer. We were looking at that farming complex and, and really the amount of problems that were out there. And uh, really how much that uh, the, the government spend on subsidies for farmers was really driving a lot of money and, and uh, dollars to uh, the deer company. We uh, we bought land, which is a uh, Gladstone for some dividend for some more uh, farming, uh, I believe. I think that was the one that uh, me and Brad actually did that episode. Uh, yeah, Weyerhaeuser, Cisco Foods, uh, Stericycle, uh, Waste Management. We were looking at all those uh, with Brad. Uh, week 11, we bought Pfizer. That one, you know, I really thought that this was going to be a good year for a lot of these stocks to start rebounding. Uh, Pfizer didn't really do so too hot this year. We're actually looking at it, uh, you know, here in week 52. And I'm going to talk about some of the reasons why I'm not buying Pfizer this week. Uh, there was a tie and I'm going a different uh, route. So that's, uh, you know, for a minute here. But uh, yeah, a lot of different things this year that really did not participate the way that I thought they would have. Some of the growth stocks that uh, I thought were going to kind of turn back around after uh, getting cut in half, uh, they kept going south. You know, we're looking at uh, PayPal. We're looking at Enphase. We're looking at Square. Um, yeah, there's definitely some names out there that did not do too hot. You know, but now if you zoom out a little bit more uh, or just kind of move that timeline forward on Enphase, we got down into that $70 range. And I said, you know, I'm going to add to end phase. I, I said that at 150. I think I said it at 225 after selling out of it at 325, right? So I trimmed that cost basis on uh, or trimmed my position on end phase in the, the $300 range and then thought, hey, you know, it's it's dropped about 30%. I think I'm going to get back into this. And I did, right? I bought at 220 uh, and it didn't really go our way, right? It kept going down, kept going down. But then as uh, as it hit that $70 range, uh, you know, now you look at it, it's 130. It almost doubled in the course of a couple of months. It's really a case of, you know, just kind of hold your breath, dive in. And eventually, if, if it's a, a position that you're really, really confident uh, in, I think that it's eventually going to turn around. As long as the financials are there, as long as a lot of the business is there, they had some problems with uh, some different California laws that their their product wasn't going to be uh, fitting the the bill for I think some some kickbacks for some some rebates on some things until they got to that next tier of engineering on the uh, on the grid or they couldn't generate enough credits something like that I forget exactly what it was but uh, yeah so we had some of those problems and now as we get out of Q1 Q2 of 24 I think that uh, some of these stocks start rolling back up we had the inflation numbers coming in low. Uh, some of the PCE numbers, we were looking at that. A lot of different things to put together, right? I, I feel like I'm kind of rambling on here. But um, yeah, a lot of different things that really were unknown at the start of the year that uh, really helped a couple stocks as they kind of unwound. Uh, you know, when I'm looking at Apple, that kind of just kept creeping up for the fact that uh, people wanted to get back into some tech they didn't really want to have so much of the risk, uh, but that was definitely a, a trend where that one just kind of remained strong. Uh, people were in cash a lot of the year, right? Those uh, those money money market funds, uh, some of the bonds that people were in, uh, you know, Apple coming out with their savings account that was paying for some, you know, four and a half percent or something like that. 
on your savings. There was definitely other uh, options out there that were paying, you know, five or 6%, depending on how much money you could uh, lock up. Uh, I want to say it was Goldman or Morgan Stanley was offering this, uh, this YouTuber uh, six or six and a half percent if he locked up more than $2 million into an account. So there's a lot of different options that are out there. A lot of different things that uh, people were looking at this year. And then a lot of reasons that people are going to start getting out of uh, the cash right now. They're going to put that uh, that money back to work in some different uh, avenues as uh, some rates come back down. We saw the Fed say that they're going to have about four rate cuts over the, the course of the year. Looking like maybe 25 basis point cuts. Uh, we saw that um, you know unemployment. It's still got a, a three handle at the front, but it, it looks like it is creeping up from, I believe, the summer. I think it's three seven now, and it was three point four. Uh, the amount of jobs that are open out there, I believe, is eight point seven, down from ten point seven million. Uh, so there's less openings, but uh, the unemployment rate is getting a, a little bit, a uh, little bit higher, right? All those tenths of a percentage do add up when you're looking at uh, multiplying by hundreds of millions of people. And uh, yeah, so there's some some discrepancy there as to what that means for the S&P 500 for 2024. Um, reading one article that is saying, hey, you know, we could get to, uh, I believe it was Morgan Stanley said uh, 5,000, right? Or they, they came out at uh, 4,700 and then bumped up to 5,100. Uh, I should, should probably have these numbers are handy when I'm actually trying to quote them here. <laughs> that, uh, that would definitely be nice. But um, we have another one uh, that is saying, that's, uh, you know, put all those numbers together, that uh, unemployment's ticking a little bit higher. Uh, default and uh, delinquency on credit cards is, is increasing. Uh, put all these things together and actually could be a worse year for us, right? And this one, uh, what is his name? Koss, uh, what's his first name? Let's, uh, let's get back up here. We've got, um, try to get back to the start of this article. We've got... Um, uh, hedge fund manager uh, Doug Koss was uh, one that is actually thinking we're going to be in a worse position at the end of 24. Uh, kind of looking for a five to ten percent decrease in the uh, the value of the S and P 500. Uh, he's saying it's going to be led by the drop in shares of Apple. The Nasdaq ends the year with a decline between ten and twenty percent. The market doesn't broaden out further, and the Russell index also exhibits a loss for the year as many components of the Russell. Based financial, uh, debt rollover, and uh, operating headwinds. So there are some fears on that side, right? There's there's always both sides of the coin, right? And we saw this in 22 as well. Everyone said it's going to be a rosy year. The market is going to roll up higher. The the S and P was going to roll, you know, a, a decent 10, 15, 20 percent year, depending on who you're looking at, and then it falls off a cliff, right? So. Take all of these with a grain of salt. Invest in the companies that you know, you feel comfortable with, and the ones that uh, you know you have a plan for. Should things go sideways, right? And if you uh, you have a little bit of that uh, that mad money, if you will, the I guess quote Jim Cramer, if you want to get into some of those stocks that are a little bit more speculative in nature, uh, a little bit riskier, just make sure that it is not uh, your whole portfolio. I would say maybe five, maybe 10% if it's something that where you really want to shoot for the moon on something. Try it with a smaller percentage of uh, your portfolio. Don't go uh, too heavy into it. That's how you end up losing it all. Um, man, I, I just don't want to see people get hurt when it comes to the new year. And we've definitely seen this before. So we've got uh, we've got that there, right? So sorry for rambling on. 
Uh, what else we got? We've got uh, Bitcoin, right? We were looking at uh, the crypto space. We were trying to see about these uh, these Bitcoin, the spot ETFs. And we are hearing that um, I believe there is an announcement that should be made on the 9th of January. So we really won't hear anything until then. But the uh, what was it actually called? The uh, the redemption. They're actually saying you can do a cash redemption. And uh, that was kind of one of the things that the SEC was really kind of pointing at. I believe BlackRock and SEC, uh, they kind of changed the terms to allow for cash redemption of Bitcoin, which should help some liquidity and do some different things to where uh, it's a little bit to get in and out of these things. Uh, so that is there. Hopefully we get that approval. Uh, I'm hoping that by the, the 10th or 11th of January, we start to see some kind of news coming out as to what's going on there. We're probably in the, the double digits of days until the halving uh, event of Bitcoin is supposed to happen early Q1. So we've got that uh, coming up for uh, 2024. I still think that that could be a great trend. Um, I'm not saying that all crypto is going to go up. Uh, it's been a massive year for crypto as it is. I don't know that we're going to get uh, the whole uh, conglomerate of all the crypto to to rally into 2024. But I do think if Bitcoin goes up, we are going to see that ripple effect through the crypto economy. Uh, I'm still big on Bitcoin and Ethereum. I know there's a lot of people in Cardano, Solana. Uh, you know, the list goes on. I have a little bit in those, but I don't have too much. Uh, so I am definitely more bullish on Bitcoin and Ethereum. Those are my big two plays there. Um, yeah, we've, uh, I think I was telling you guys that we are settling on that house that we did the flip on that will be happening this year, uh, you know, later this week. So I will have some of those funds to play with to start out 2024. Uh, so hopefully that, uh, that goes smooth. Hopefully it starts snowing for me and for my other snowplow, uh, people out there that, uh, make some money when, uh, the snowflakes start flying. That would definitely help my, uh, my personal economy here into 2024. So we've got that to uh, contend with. We've, uh, yeah, I guess, so what am I going to be doing with some of those funds that um, that we bring in from this flip sale? And um, yeah, I guess I'm certainly going to set some money aside. We've definitely got a little, a couple different little home projects that we want to take care of for ourselves. We've got, uh, you know, definitely a, a couple bills that it could help out, right? I've got a little bit left on paying off her car. Uh, hopefully we can, you know, and then that's the next thing. Do I really want to pay off this car at 2% when I think I can get more by investing that money, uh, you know, and, and get a better return. So I'm not too sure that I'm going to put it all into the car. I might, um, you know, take some money, uh, put, set it aside for that. Maybe tuck it in a, a money market account or, or a, a savings account, high interest savings. But, uh, I do think that I want to put some more money into Bitcoin, right? That is definitely one of the things that I want to build up a position in. Uh, so I definitely am looking for that. Um, some of the stocks maybe fund some out of the uh, the IRA for the beginning of the year and then kind of sit on the rest of the money. Uh, have some money tucked aside for taxes. Uh, do all those things. Really kind of you know plan well for for all the things, all the unknowns that could happen with uh, with twenty twenty four. So. That's probably what I'm doing there. I'm still looking for other opportunities when it comes to other investment properties. Um, man, it's uh, it doesn't seem like there's too much activity out there on things that really make sense to me. So I don't know that there's any screaming deals. We've seen 30-year uh, mortgage rates drop back under 7%. I believe at last check, it was like 6.8%. Uh, 
uh, overall on the average for the 30 year uh, throughout the nation. So that is definitely something that leads a trend into 2024 as well. And I was reading an article about uh, the three best Warren Buffett stocks to buy for 2024. Uh, excuse me. And uh, those three, I believe it was uh, American Express, DR Horton, and uh, Occidental Petroleum was the three. That's exactly the three that uh, I believe it was Motley Fool said that. I like American Express. I think that that could be a good play, right? We've talked about the the margins being very strong, uh, the demand being uh, you know certainly there for people still wanting to live that lifestyle by swiping a card and uh, dealing about uh, the the money side of things when those those uh, you know payments uh, actually start uh, coming in. So we've got that. I think that uh, Dr. Horton with uh, the rates coming down, uh, rate cuts starting to get priced in. I think people are going to start uh, re. Uh, evaluating whether or not they should be building a home versus buying a uh, a used home, right? Do they want to get into a, a new property? Uh, I think that uh, that space starts to pick back up going forward as well. And then Occidental, uh, that makes sense as well, right? We've got uh, more demand for building and for um, you know all those construction uh, materials being shipped back and forth across the country. I think as those demands kind of increase, if we start getting more demands on construction with infrastructure deals, I think that uh, the demand for oil is going to increase as well. So we're definitely at a low or seemingly to be at a low on oil, right? With uh, gas prices under three, I think that that might stay there for a while, uh, maybe closer to election time or after our election time, that starts to move back higher, really dependent upon the demand that we put on the system by the end of the year after three or four rate cuts. So that's a little bit of what I got there. Uh, I do want to come back. We're going to talk about the uh, the investing challenge. We're going to uh, see the five stocks that we were looking at this week. I told you there was a tie. I know that Pfizer was one of them. I'll let you know what the, the remaining stock is when I get back uh, right after this quick break. Well, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for being here. And uh, I know it sounds like a, a new recording, but uh, it kind of feels like one to me. This is now uh, Tuesday, the 26th. I have had lots of technical difficulties with this episode. Uh, the first part failed to upload, then uh, couldn't be edited. And then I had to go back and forth and change a lot of things. And it's been quite a mess. And now I recorded the second part and uh, nothing recorded. So hopefully the, I don't know, fourth, fifth, fifth time here is the charm. Man, this has uh, been quite a uh, an episode. But um, yeah, so uh, I guess hopefully everyone had a nice Christmas. The ones that celebrate, hopefully we're all getting ready for a, uh, a happy new year. We're winding down uh, 2023. We've got the market that is uh, posting up some some decent gains here. Uh, about a quarter of a percentage point on the Dow, almost 0.4 on the NASDAQ, and about 0.3 on the S&P. Uh, so um, man, now I've got a, a little bit of everything out of order here, but uh, I did want to look at the uh, the Weeble portfolio, right? We are uh, going to be pretty much wrapping out the year for Let It Grow Investing on this, this actual episode. So we've got uh, about 0.4% uh, of gains here today, about $86, $86 of, uh, of growth. That brings our net account value to $22,083, depending on when I look at this. We've got uh, open profit and loss of about $1,517, about 7.5%. I've got a puppy scratching a bed. Uh, so if you can hear her, you know, just uh, know that she's just hanging out and 
being wild and crazy. But um, yeah, so we've got uh, we've got all that going on. We've got the market. The, the volume looks a little bit lower. Uh, that's pretty typical for the uh, the last week of the year. We might see some uh, some bigger hedge funds come back in and do some selling, wrapping in some of those gains to to finish out 2023. Uh, really keep their assets under management uh, higher, and uh, maybe be able to get back in as uh, you know some of the selling finishes up and then start the new year on a strong foot. So uh, we might see some more selling. Uh, it's definitely possible. And, uh, you know, that's how these advisors and firms are going to make their money. Normally about 1% of their assets under management is uh, the fee that they charge. Uh, so if they have $10 million in assets under management, that would be the firm taking about $100,000. And then that, uh, that financial advisor would split that and make about $50,000. So if you're not looking to pay uh, a firm, or if you're not looking to, uh, you know, you know, line the pockets of uh, of a hedge fund, which I mean, everyone's got their thing, right? If you're looking to, uh, you know, have someone manage your money that, uh, you know, really can do some some great things with it, uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, if you are looking to build out your own portfolio and, you know, kind of do the self guided thing that I'm doing here, uh, feel free to use one of my links in the description for eTrade for uh, Webull, Crypto.com, or Binance, and uh, get yourself started. So. Uh, I've got those links in the description. You do not need to wait to the new year. If you got this week off, you got a little bit of time. Uh, you know, set it up. It doesn't take much. It's uh, simply you know linking your bank account, making sure that your uh, your credentials are all valid, and you are able to start an account, and then go ahead and do it. That that's all it is. It's not a big deal, and uh, you know the the barrier to entry is a lot easier than a lot of people think. So if that's what's holding you back. Just get out there, sign in, go through the prompts, take the, I don't know, probably 15, 20 minutes, get it done and, and get going, right? Uh, so that's my uh, little PSA for today. Just, uh, you know, take the steps to make your your life a little bit better in the future. Your, yourself in 10 years will thank you. That's what I got there. Uh, so we've got uh, the Let It Grow Investing Challenge, right? I was talking about uh, the two names that were kind of tied up, right? Uh, so I guess I'll do a quick recap. Uh, this is week 52. This is the final purchase of the year. I'm probably going to finish this episode and get off and make this purchase. And here's what I've come up with, right? Number one was Vertex Pharmaceuticals. Uh, they have been working with uh, CRISPR, the gene editing uh, you know, biopharmaceutical company to uh, come up with a lot of cures for a lot of uh, diseases and, and illnesses that have been a little bit underserved. I really like them. Uh, a lot of the fact of what they're focusing on, a lot of those underserved uh, illnesses, they have uh, some some treatments for cystic fibrosis that uh, have really proved uh, to work well over the course of the past couple of years. Uh, so VRTX was number one uh, for the fact that I think a lot of the biopharmaceutical companies are, uh, some of them have already started to rally, but I think uh, 24 could be a strong year for some of that turnaround in the growth names. And some of the biopharma names are, are definitely in that category. And I think that they've got some good things going. So VRTX, number one for the week. Number two was Airbnb. We were looking at Airbnb for a lot of that trend in travel. We've got uh, you know definitely some, some strong numbers from some a lot of the airline companies, from a lot of the uh, the travel sites. But uh, I really didn't want to play the, the airlines. Uh, I kind of thought some of the travel sites might work. But Airbnb was definitely... Uh, on the list for a fact that they they had a lot of uh, you know sell side pressure over the course of the past year they had a lot of problems with uh, you know rates out there for people buying homes or trying to uh, you know get out there and and 
really travel. Uh, so that was a concern. There was a lot of soft landing concerns. There's a lot of short-term rental concerns and lockdowns in different uh, you know, cities and countries where they operate. Uh, so there's a lot of concern there, but uh, their free cash flow is very strong. They have been uh, you know, really looking to grow. And uh, I really think that it is a strong company that has really been kind of left in the dust of some of the pain and pressure of 2022 and 2023. And they could be set for a recovery uh, from some of those things with a, a lot of the numbers that they are able to post. A lot of the people that are looking to use an Airbnb in order to travel. Uh, so that is definitely an option out there. Number three, and now this one was a tie with the one that uh, we are actually going to go ahead and purchase, and that name was Pfizer. And uh, I've already done all this, but let me get back over to uh, Refinitiv on uh, on E-Trade. This is definitely the way that I like to do a lot of research. Now let's uh, get back to PFE. Scroll on down. It has uh, recovered since the uh, the 13th of December. We were sitting at a low of 25.76. Our dividend yield when I looked at this last week was around 6.4. Uh, currently, we're sitting at 28.32 and the dividend yield is 5.9. So that yield has come down as that price has gone up, which is the inverse relationship between dividend yield and the stock price. So that's what we got there. We've got um, a company that's got Maybe some uh, some rebound in it, but uh, you know we definitely have seen some some talk about the some COVID variants. We saw Moderna moving up nicely, uh, but Pfizer, you know, kind of did a little bit of that, but uh, not really as much, right? So we've got a price target about fourteen percent of growth, but we've got uh, some concerning stuff here as well, right? So for the revenue for twenty twenty three, it is at a forty one percent shrink rate from 2022. So that uh, annual revenue from 22 was 100.3 billion. For 23, we are looking at an average of 58.7 billion. Uh, so that is a massive uh, you know, decline in the actual amount of revenue that they're bringing uh, into the company. And it's not really looking to be too much better for 2024, down around 39.9%. Uh, from the numbers from 22. So only coming up about uh, $1.5 billion on an average from the the uh, analysts that have been polled on this one. Uh, so I am not thinking that uh, that is such a great uh, number to be looking at, right? We are looking at a company that has lost about 45% of its stock market value over the course of the past year though. So the the stock has fallen more than the earnings or more than the revenue. Uh, the earnings, let me get back to that on here. Where are we at? Earnings. Uh, we are finally looking like we should be stabilizing for the last quarter of 23 and then moving back up for 24, but uh, kind of marginally, right? We're, we're still down from where we were at the end of 22, which was uh, the Q4 22 numbers were a dollar 14 and then by Q1 of 24 we are looking at only 61 cents so uh still about half of where we were but uh for this quarter we are looking at uh, a loss of uh, 20 cents per share so that is definitely painful as well uh dividend growth about two and a half percent We've got a dividend payout ratio of about 90%. So that is concerning. I normally don't like to buy stocks like this that have a dividend payout ratio above 70. Uh, really depends on the company. Some of the 
you know, cash cow names like Altria are going to pay a little bit more. Some of the uh, the REITs are going to pay more in the way of dividends. That's just the way that those uh, companies are structured. But uh, for a company like Pfizer, I'd like to see some more earnings coming in to be able to pay out uh, the dividends and have a little bit left over. Uh, they do have some cash in reserve, but the amount of earnings that's coming in right now versus the amount of dividends that they are paying out only leaves for about 9.8% to uh, remain in their pockets. So that is definitely a, a concerning number to me. The forward PE is also very high. We've got uh, a 61% premium. We're trading at a 19.1, the five-year average being 11.9. So concerning there, uh, the price of sales is low. Uh, so the price could actually come down in order to meet the, uh, the 3.6 five-year average that they have on price to sales, and we're sitting at a 2.3. So we could even see some further decline on price unless we start to see those sales come back up. Uh, so we're going to see what happens there as well. So again, a, a lot of different things here to, to digest. We've got uh, a price that has already fallen 45%. We've got a price target that's about 14.5% higher. We've got price to sales that is looking... Uh, kind of concerning, even though it's lower than their five-year average, we got to start wondering why. Uh, we've got to see about that dividend, right? It's a it's a 6% dividend yield, but uh, that payout ratio is a 90%. So we're really going to get uh, a company that's going to be able to raise. Are they going to be able to rebound from some of this? Has uh, COVID really put uh, a dent in uh, their business, right? It really looks like it has over the, the course of the last year, anyhow. So a lot of things that are concerning there for me, I think it could be due for a bounce, especially as some of these earnings come back up. That was one of the trends I was trying to play with uh, with this move that was in for Pfizer. But uh, ultimately, I'm not going that way. Uh, because of the the tie that was here, uh, because we truthfully aren't getting enough votes on the polls, if you guys could go ahead and vote up on Spotify, if you could vote up on uh, the Let It Grow investing pages on Facebook, I would definitely appreciate it. Someone break the tie so I don't have to all the time. That would be great. Uh, you can also, you know, share the podcast uh, with some other people that are going to get involved and get their votes in, and really uh, voice their opinion as to what they're seeing out there. Uh, if there's stocks that you're looking to buy, and you want a, a breakdown as to what I might do this versus that, feel free to to throw the options out there. Even if it's not on a poll, if you want to comment and say, "Hey, I'm looking at uh, Visa or American Express, which one and why?" I would uh, definitely, uh, you know, entertain those uh, those offers to. Uh, do a little bit of research on those for you. Uh, so we've got uh, Adobe, right? Uh, well, first off, number four was CrowdStrike. I was looking at CrowdStrike for all things cybersecurity. They've moved up from, what, 92 to $256 over the course of the year. I still think it is a strong company. I still think we've got a lot of demand for all things cybersecurity with uh, threats, malware, hackers, uh, you know, cybercrime, everything that's out there. I think that uh, that is a growing industry. It was definitely oversold. Uh Similar to what Tesla and NVIDIA, a lot of these tech names had at the beginning of the year versus where they are at the end of the year. So I'm still bullish on this one. Might not be the best time for entry, but uh, a lot of stocks are looking like a tough time to enter after the eight weeks of uh, S&P growth that we've had over the past couple of months here. So we've got uh, number five, which is going to be what we are adding to this portfolio, which currently consists of about 57 stocks. I'm going to be adding Adobe. Uh, Adobe, uh, you know, Photoshop, uh, you know, Acrobat, everything that they do, uh, the subscription model, uh, everything that they are really involved in, I, I, I like it. You know, it's a strong company. They've got a lot of good things going for them. 
they got a lot of people that uh, really would not know what to do if you couldn't use a lot of their products, right? A lot of creators, a lot of people doing signings online, uh, a lot of people doing document sharing back and forth. And uh, the subscription model of Adobe really helps this uh, this company grow. We're currently sitting at 598.90. The, the high was set back on the 12th of December at 633. So it's cooled down a little bit, but it's still very fairly valued. Uh, we've got um, not too much in the way of upside. We've got, uh, where are we at? We've got 8.2%. Um, we do have a five-year return on Adobe of 186%. So nice gain there on Adobe, about a 77% one-year return. So definitely a stock that has uh, has posted up some gains for the year. Uh, what I do like here, right? We've got uh, some upgrades over the past 120 days, four upgrades, which is definitely nice to see. But um, we have revenue growth, right? For 2024, we got about 10.6 on average. Uh, for 2025, we're looking at about 23% revenue growth. Uh, but that also translates into earnings, right? So from 2023, we got about $16.07 of EPS. Uh, and then that is increasing more than the 10% of revenue that we are actually looking at for 2024 on uh, EPS, right? So we're going from $16.07 to about $17.95 in EPS for 2024. Uh, so more than the 10%, which would be about a, a $1.60 uh, that we would potentially see on growth in revenue uh, is going to translate into earnings, right? So similar for 2025, the average earnings or earnings per share number looking at uh, $20.36. And uh, that is going to be more than the 23.7% of revenue growth that we are predicted to get for um, the actual number for uh earnings for the year, right? So we've got uh, more earnings coming in than the actual revenue that's coming in. So that is definitely nice to see. I'm um, definitely happy with those numbers. And I think that is a better spot to be in than uh, in Pfizer right now. So that is my uh, my reasonings why I think that Adobe is going to continue to run uh, and why I don't want to get into the dividend trap that could be Pfizer in this current uh, climate. Uh, so the Ford PE, not really a discount. It's only, it's 3%, right? It's 33.4 versus 34.5. So nice to see a bit of a discount, but it's very fairly valued compared to where it historically trades. Uh, it is a company that has a high price to sales. It is sitting at 14.1, but the five-year average is a 14.4. Uh, the peg ratio, uh, fairly close to where it is on the five-year average, which is a 2.0. Uh, right now, it's a 2.3. So we're paying a little bit more now uh, for the growth that they are looking to post uh, versus the future price earnings multiple that we are sitting at. So a little bit more uh, pricey, but uh, I think that it is a stock that you know really deserves a, uh, a look here and one that I'm very comfortable adding to the investing challenge portfolio to wrap out uh, 2023. Uh, so I guess I will be purchasing that when I get off of here. Now, um, going forward, uh, a couple different changes I want to take a look at. We've got uh, definitely some some things that I want to change up in the investing challenge. We've got um, some names that really aren't participating. So I'm thinking maybe we start to trim some names that are below a certain percentage of losses, uh, as well as names that aren't paying a dividend. So if say if we look at companies that haven't uh, grown within 20%, or they're down 20% and they're not paying a dividend, those might be some of the ones that I'm cutting. Uh, take some of those losses, write those off, 
uh, do a little bit of tax loss harvesting. You know, check your uh, check your own accounts, check your with your CPA. I'm not a tax guy. I'm really not even a, a certified stock guy. I'm just a guy on here that wants to uh, share up some of my uh, experience. And uh, you know, this is kind of for uh, for entertainment, not exactly actual educational, credible advice. So do your own due diligence on all things that you're doing. But um, yeah, with that being said, uh, there's definitely some names that uh, I think probably need to uh, to have a second look and really see if they should be sitting in the portfolio. Uh, I think the honest company, I think I can just uh, cut my losses there, right? We're down 45%. There's no no dividend. Uh, and it's not really a company that, I mean, at first glance, I, I haven't really heard much about it. I haven't really followed it too closely. Uh, but it's actually looking like the average price target is 150. Granted, that's only from one analyst, and we're sitting at $3.22, which is a further 53% downside from where we are sitting today. Uh, so this one could definitely be on the chopping block. I think I'm just going to go ahead and sell that, wrap out the year with some sales. Um, Devon Energy, yeah, we're down 23%. I think that's going to stay. Uh, it does have that dividend. I do think that oil and, and midstream is going to come back up. Ford, we're down 36%. I think I'm going to hold on to that one. Um, I'll take a look at that though and and really kind of go through here. Plug Power, we're down 65%. I really think that Plug does have a future in front of it. I, I'm guessing the price targets are much higher than where we are. Yeah, the, the price targets are much higher, right? We're sitting at $4.78. Average price target from 24 analysts is uh, about 93% higher, 94% higher at uh, $9.28. Uh, I'm not going to sell out of that. Uh, I might even do a, a switch and just put that money from Honest right into Plug and, and double down on Plug uh, and do something like that to to really average down on that and and hopefully get some gains here out of Plug Power. Uh, so a, a couple different things I'm going to be doing here to cut some of the losses and really move forward. I think Honest might be one of the ones that I'm really... Um, really looking to get out of mpw yeah we're down 57 percent on that uh i think you guys all know where i stand on mpw uh, i think a lot of their sell-off of uh, uh some different properties to raise some capital get out of some debt cutting the dividend hurt uh, a lot of uh dividend investors would just run right out of this one as soon as they cut that dividend in half um man this is tough it's got about 13 percent upside you know price targets about 550 we're sitting at 487 we still got about a 12% dividend yield. Uh, being down this much is is painful, but uh, man, I, I really hope that some of these real estate uh, properties come back. I hope that uh, them getting out of debt and being able to potentially refi at a lower rate on some of their debt that they have outstanding could be a thing that might be able to help them going forward. Uh, maybe not. I'm not too sure if they're going to be able to refi at a lower rate. I'm not 100% certain as to what their current rates are. But uh, some definite things to think about with MPW. Uh, I know my dad and I had talked about uh, he wants to get out of NEO, right? Uh, not necessarily because NEO is a, a terrible company, not because the fact that they got that $2 billion you know, injection of funds, but uh, the fact that the Chinese stocks are just really, really hard to play. Uh, so he's going to do a little bit of tax loss harvesting there. Hopefully he doesn't mind me saying that. I don't think he does or I wouldn't have said it. Um, so we're, we're looking at, uh, some, some problems, uh, in the, the Chinese space there. And those really haven't gone away. You know, same thing with Alibaba. It's been painful going up above 300. Now we're sitting in the seventies, maybe in the eighties at this point, definitely painful there. Uh, great companies, just, uh, uh, maybe not a, a space we want to do any more investing. So 
Uh, we've got all that to contend with, but uh, that's pretty much it. That's all I got for you guys in this one. Hopefully this one update uploads fine. Hopefully we've got uh, everything covered, you know, being that I had to record this twice. I, I hope that I said everything twice that needed saying. Uh, but thank you guys very much for being here. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and share. I'm really hoping that you guys have a, a great and happy uh, 2024. And uh, you guys had some great gains and, uh, you know, positive life uh, moments for 2023. So that's what I got. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, thanks for all the support over the course of the year. Uh, and, you know, again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to vote up for all your stocks that we want to see and talk about for uh, for 2024. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, so thank you very much, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.